Okay, hello everybody and welcome to Investing with IBD for September 4th, 2019. I'm your host, Irusha Pierce, and with me today, once again, is Justin Nielsen, Director of Research at IBD. Thanks for being here, Justin. Thank you for having me. This is going to be a good one. <laughs> now, on today's podcast, we are going to talk about the current markets. Uh, and then, in segment two, we're going to get a little bit more fun and a little bit more uh, related to what's going on this week. This is football week, and we are going to talk about football and fantasy football, and then we will end the episode on current stocks. Yeah, and just to be clear, it's how oh. fantasy football relates to stocks, not just, you know, oh, we just drafted and here's our team. You know? Oh, now, now, now you're telling me. <laughs> right. <that. Yes. laughs> so, so, Justin, as, yeah, it, it is football season now, or f the NFL is about to start tomorrow. Mm -hmm. College football started, really started this last weekend. And and so we both love football. And, and so we what we want to do is go with this theme and, and really talk about how there are a number of parallels between football and the way we invest. Sure. And uh, just in case people want to know a little bit about the prop that we have here, uh, we're both in a fantasy football league, and this was the trophy from that league. We actually borrowed it from our colleague, uh, Jack Pacheco. He was actually the winner of the season, and this is one that uh, – kind of went through the ringer in terms of shipping. So if you're wondering why the tape is there and the holes and stuff, that's a... It's, it's a tough football trophy. <laughs> yes, exactly. That, that, that's what it's it is. It's weathered. Weathered. <laughs> Builds character. So so let's let's talk about the character of the market, the, mm -hmm. the, the overall markets right now. We're under pressure, mm -hmm. right? And we've been under pressure for the last couple of weeks now. We, we had a follow-through day and, and immediately was met with distribution. So we currently have five distribution days on the NASDAQ, four distribution days on the S&P 500, and it's been a choppy market. Uh, the NASDAQ's under the 50-day, and mm -hmm. it's been kind of hanging around under the 50-day for the last, what, four weeks now. Yeah, what's, what's impressive to me is that with all of the headlines that have been out there between trade and recession fears, inverted yield curves, all of these things, I'm actually pretty impressed with how resilient the market true, has been. True. It's, it's, you know, I would have really expected with all these headlines, if it were a weaker market, it would have easily undercut that 76.62 um, area that it, you know, that it made it low at the beginning of August. And that's held. So this rally is still technically intact because we had the follow through day and we haven't undercut that low. So right. um, that's that's the good part. The bad part is that 50-day moving average line is acting like a very stingy defensive line that is not allowing any yards past the line of scrimmage. And you know, each time the NASDAQ gets up to that line, it gets knocked right back down and just can't make any progress. And so we've seen what, like one, two, three, four, you know, almost four times here. Each time it gets there, it gets knocked right back. And it's going to be very hard for me to get uh, much conviction in the market until we are able to cross that resistance level. Um, at least the 8,000 level is kind of an early level of resistance um, that it just hasn't been able to kind of maintain itself above that level for more than uh, you know a couple days at this point but even before that a couple weeks uh, before yeah yeah and and it's uh, it's pretty amazing at how one day you'll have it the, the market's down big mm -hmm. next a couple days later it's up big and there's oh maybe we're out of it uh, but nothing in the end nothing's been resolved it's still the uncertainty. Will it truly get – maybe it only gets resolved when you get more of these larger macro events that, mm -hmm. that are happening uh, they are actually resolved. Uh, and there's some scary point. stuff. I mean, there you know, between Brexit and trade war. And, you know, a lot of times the market's been rallying on just, like, optimism. It's like, yeah. oh, maybe they'll talk. And then it's like, oh, no, they won't or yeah. you know, whatever. So, um, you know, there hasn't really – 
even the big moves up really haven't been on much news at all. It's right. just been like, oh, maybe things are going to go in the right direction. So again, I think that speaks to the resilience of the market. Yep. I think it wants to go up. And I think we're seeing that with a lot of stocks yeah. that really are setting up and want to go up. But right now it just keeps on running into, uh, uh, again, a very very heavy uh, defensive line. <laughs> which, which, yeah, and, and speaking of defense, you, you in this type of environment, you, you want to lean more towards playing defense. Absolutely. Right? You, you don't want to be very, very aggressive here. You definitely mm -hmm. don't want to be on margin in, the, in mm -hmm. this uh, because your portfolio is going to be whip, whipping around. Mm -hmm. And it, it's really these kind of markets that are the, more, the, dang, the most dangerous markets, right. right? It's not necessarily the downtrending market. Mm -hmm. We know what to do in the downtrending. Just stay out of it. Mm -hmm. It's these ind indecisive markets where nothing's necessarily conclusive just yeah. yet uh, and and there's still a chance mm -hmm. and there are leading stocks that are still hanging there so it keeps tempting you in so yeah. you you want to have some exposure in my opinion but you don't want to be really pushing it right uh, because this is not where the easy money is, is made yeah and you know the easy money if you just look you know it wasn't that long ago January 4th when everything kind of turned that's where the easy money was and you saw it the indexes went up you know, like you know, in a big way that first quarter, 20%. Um, our indexes were doing well, IBD 50 doing well. It was just everything was moving. It's a trend following system, and right now there is no trend. And to that end, you know, you don't want to be shorting either because right. this isn't there's not a downtrend established. So when you've got this sideways action and trendless, you just have to be kind of waiting, uh, biding your time and keeping your watch list fresh. Yeah, that that is absolutely a huge uh, point because as Justin mentioned, there are a number of stocks that are hanging in there. They're showing tremendous relative strength. And when uh, this is resolved and or when we get into the next uptrend, mm -hmm. a lot of times those stocks that show the best relative strength, they're the first to new highs and they're the new leaders of the, the next uh, rally. Uh, so let, let's go a little bit further into uh, just uh, football and fantasy football here because there are a number of interesting uh, parallels I mentioned before, but you, uh, Justin, you, you brought up a, a a good point. One thing that Bill O'Neill, you know, the founder of IBD, uh, has always said is in every bull market there are a number of leisure stocks yeah. that do well, mm -hmm. and so that's a huge reason why you want to be paying attention to some of these trends that are just going on in front of you. Right, exactly, and that's I think something that a lot of people can more easily grasp. You know, if you go back to like the Peter Lynch idea of kind of knowing what you're investing in and, and you know, again, Warren Buffett doesn't make things too complicated either. Um, leisure is something that's usually pretty easy to understand. You know, oh, I watch Netflix. Okay, that, that makes sense to me. Or Priceline, that was a big mover, um, you know, a number of years ago. Hey, cheap, cheap airfare. You know, hey, that makes sense to me, getting cheap hotels. So there's a lot that's easy to understand and kind of understand like when something is moving and um, you know it's you, you can see the sales growth you can see all of those things kind of come together and it's not something where you're like okay how does IT use this I'm not technical and I don't understand you right. know the the technology or even like with biotech sometimes you know oh I don't understand exactly how this furthers the field and in, in biotechnology leisure is usually a lot more easy to understand and, along and, with retail yeah and, and one really kind of large leisure kind of event that's happened it's really become a phenomenon over the last 15 years is fantasy football yeah 
Right. Mm-hmm. I, I remember probably 20 years ago, some of my roommates in college, they were into it, but no one else was into it. Mm-hmm. These days, everyone's into it. Well, and it's, I think, become a lot easier, you know, because now you can get streaming, real time points, you know, everything yeah. and just be count. It, it, you know, everything's easier with the, t- the technology. Yep. Um, I, I, how would you have done this like 30 years ago? Yeah, you like, you know, pen, pen, pen and hit paper. <laughs> right, That's exactly. Who I wants mean, to do that? You know, and, and just to kind of bring this back to leisure, you know, there was a big difference in. The, what was it like the 50s or 60s when bowling was yeah. becoming really popular and one of the things that kind of revolutionized bowling was when you had the pin setters that could automatically you know you didn't have to have the kids you know right. doing it anymore and you started getting the automatic scoring it just made the game a little bit more fun and so uh, Brunswick was one of the the stocks that Bill you know mentions early on in the 60s and uh, what was the other one a begins with an a uh, a I want to say AMT, but it is. Yeah, it, it, it's, it was like American something pin setting yeah. or something, but they, they, they were the pin setters. Uh, so those types of things, it's, it's again, very similar. So you've had technology really enable this fantasy football to get much more interesting. And I, I think there's a lot to learn about this, especially with stocks. The It becomes easier for mainstream people to start using it. So all mm-hmm. of a sudden, more and more people are into it. Mm-hmm. Now that spawns off more industries, right? Right, or or uh, more businesses. Now all of a sudden, you have all these fantasy football experts out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so just podcasts, just, you know, what have you? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And so Justin and I, we have a we share a fantasy football team mm-hmm. in the in in the the league that we're in. And uh, so this past weekend, what did I do? I went, I went on YouTube and I was watching some fantasy football uh, videos, mm-hmm. trying to get up to speed on, okay, who are the players who are good and all this kind of stuff. And it's just amazing at how many services are out there now right. for, mm-hmm. for this. And, mm-hmm. and, and so it's just gr- this whole industry has grown. First, it was Yahoo had their, they were kind of the leaders. Right. Now then ESPN got into it, then NFL. And so it is a kind of a, if you're trying to understand how businesses really grow or how an industry can grow, you know, take a look at this one. If this is, uh, if football is something that you can relate to or if you're playing fantasy football, just think about how many different companies have got into this, uh, into this world right now because it's just become a, a multi-billion dollar uh, uh, industry at this point, which was unimaginable uh, years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. So the market continues to be volatile, and it's best not to push it at this time. Remain cautious. And remember to keep an eye out on trends in the leisure category. It's amazing at how you can stumble on some good stock ideas by just keeping your eyes open. So let's take a quick break. But when we return, we're going to talk about how football and the way invest have more in common than you think. Stay tuned. Hey guys, if you really enjoy listening to the podcast every week, we'd love it if you could rate and review the show on iTunes. Your review and ratings really help out the show and we would love to get your feedback. Thanks so much for listening. Justin Nielsen's our guest on Investing with IBD. Okay, Justin, so as I mentioned before, uh, on Thursday, tomorrow, Thursday, September 5th, the NFL is starting again. And so let's take this talk a little bit further and go in a little bit more parallels on how football and investing, or really the way we invest, there, there, are, there are really a number of parallels. Now, uh, the, the first thing really is just the overall market. Now, where we're seeing the market right now, it's under pressure, it's indecisive. Mm-hmm. Where you can really make money in the stock market, as we know, is when you are in a nice confirmed uptrend. Mm-hmm. And the way I equate it is just 
it's when the football season's there. That's right. the only when the football season's open. When you're there from September to to January, that's the only time when teams can actually score points. Mm-hmm. Oh. Or you might even think of it as you know. You've got Thursday, Thursday night football. You've got Sunday, you know, and you've got Monday. You know. yeah. Everything else, that's when you're doing your research and, you know, you're getting ready, you're preparing. You don't want to be doing your research and, like, setting your lineup, like, on game day. You want you want to kind of do that stuff ahead of time. Now, you might have to make some adjustments right. on game day and, you know, right before kickoff, but you should have your plan already in place, you know, and it's, it kind of goes back to the thing that we often talk about, plan your trade, trade your plan. And that's a that that's a, uh, a another perfect kind of lesson that really I learned over the weekend. We had our fantasy football draft this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And as we've learned over the years, it's very, very important to prepare for this, mm-hmm. for, for these drafts, because also the, the few players that you know, they're, you're, they're going to be gone. Mm-hmm. We saw one person in, in, our, in our league he was not prepared at all, right. and he completely panicked. He started reaching for players, mm-hmm. and he let his emotion start to uh, kind of lead him. It's like, oh, I know this one player that did well five years ago. Yeah. I'm just going to draft him, even though he's— He was going for, oh, I recognize this name, but yeah. he didn't have any stats behind it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and likewise, the same way when you're investing, you really want to have those— you want to be as objective as possible. You want to be able to use those ratings, use those stats— mm-hmm. And really let the market tell you what to do. You know, if if the stocks are setting up at this point, you're buying at a certain time. You're not buying because you like the company or you you just can't take it anymore. You can't let those emotions, those emotions are getting to you. I'm just going to buy this stock. Right. Right. You're being patient. And it was really, really interesting to see that same kind of those same kind of motions in the stock market and uh, fantasy football uh, during the draft this past weekend. And, And you see that happen sometimes in terms of that emotional component. Sometimes people will you know, just pick the players of the team that they like. Yes, and yes. it's like, okay, no, you've got all of these choices. You know, you have to look at objectively who's the best out there, you know, and I don't care if you hate the team. You know, it, it does kind of make it interesting sometimes if you're like, oh, shoot, I'm like actually rooting against my favorite team because I want my fantasy football player to do okay. Right. Um, and then the other the other point just having to do with, uh, you know, especially for our particular draft day is, is you have to, be aware of your emotions and like, you know, your state of mind, you know, hey, how much sleep did you get? You know, if, if you're not getting enough sleep, you might not be making the best decisions. Um, now, I don't expect most people to do this, but we had alcohol available at our draft. Um, you and I, you know, we, we kept it together. I mean, we, we kept our alcohol content, uh, <laughs> our, our intake low. And I think that made us uh, better at, you know, dealing with the contingencies that we had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Namely, that contingency plan that we had where we both had our computers, mine crashed yes. over and over again. Yes. But we were able to go to yours. So we had that contingency plan. So, uh, again, another thing that really helps with investing. If, you know, things don't go according to plan, how can you kind of backtrack and, you know, make sure that you're still acting appropriately? Yeah, it's, it's always scenario analysis. The, the reason why I brought, because I was going to depend on you man, handling all <laughs> the That's usually work. my thing. Justin is the, <laughs> the Excel, Excel master. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, Justin, you take care of this, and I'll look at the players and all this kind of stuff. And, and, but I was like, let me just bring my computer just in right. case. Mm-hmm. Right? Same thing in stocks. You have to have an exit strategy. You have to know what, how, what are you going to do if the stock gaps down on you, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to be going through those uh, that thinking process when you're emotional. You want to kind of put that all down I- ahead of time 
and known. So that's what I that's what I did before we started. Like, hey, if Justin's computer uh, breaks, we have my computer. If my computer breaks, we have paper. Right. Right. So mm -hmm. so we we went through all that kind of stuff, and then kind of the unthinkable happened for us. Yeah. And the guy didn't, sh you know, the guy that didn't show up with any paper was yeah. trying to grab your paper. You yeah. Know? yeah. And, <laughs> and granted, that was our plan D. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and apparently, it wasn't even his plan A. He didn't even get get that far. <laughs> right. Now now another parallel that 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 we see is that. And and this is kind kind of common sense, right? In in football or any sport, usually the best teams will have the most, uh, will have more of the better players, right? Right? Mm -hmm. That they have the star players on their team. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with the stock market or the way we look at growth investing. You're looking at the best industry groups first, mm -hmm. right? So you want to be in the best industry groups, and then within those industry groups, you're going to have a number of great stocks. And ideally, you want to be in some of the best stocks in that industry group. But if you're in a larger kind of secular trend that's going on within the semiconductor group or the software group, like we're seeing this year, uh, you just want to have ex you want to make sure you have some exposure to that to that group because there's a really large trend and it's carrying all of those stocks. Right, and and that's something that happens in football when these trades happen. And so now you've got Antonio Brown no longer on the. Uh, Steelers. Okay, right. what does that do for the the QB on that team? What does it do for him as a receiver having another QB throwing to him? You know, so um, there are these things that you know can maybe change how you are looking at you know these these different stocks. You know, because again, in that case, it's changed an industry group, and you know that doesn't happen very often. But one thing that it always sticks out in my mind is Charles Schwab. You know, in 1998, when Charles Schwab was acting like an online stock. Because you know all the brokers were doing, you know, it it was it was not acting like a brokerage stock. All the brokers were doing one thing; it was doing the same thing and making the same pattern that AOL was. Because Charles Schwab had gone online with their brokerage, they were you know very early on, early adopters in that, and they just were acting like something completely different from their industry group. You know, and so you just have to kind of be aware of you know, okay, when something is. Is it a lone wolf in its industry group, or is it really part of something else? Um, you know, those are things that you just have to kind of keep in mind. Yeah, and, and you're talking about catalysts with with Antonio Brown, who was a, one of the best receivers in football, being traded from one team to a, to another team. Uh, th those lead to catalysts, and so recognizing those trends, those kind of larger trends mm -hmm. within industry groups and within stocks, uh, that that's going to make a huge difference be between helping you catch that rotation. Right. And, and th that's one thing that I've noticed over the years, even when we're just playing fantasy football. There are rotations. It's, yeah. it's fascinating. And, mm -hmm. and the same way that, in, it, that I see mistakes in investing, where if you're not quick enough uh, to adjust, you're, you're going to start suffering. And, and stocks, usually I'm pretty quick to, to get out. A lot of times in fantasy football, I'm like, eh, you know, I, I kind of get a little lazy and, and mm -hmm. don't pay attention as much. And all of a sudden, all the others who are really paying attention to all the news and stuff, they're they're really adapting to those trends. They're adjusting. They're grabbing those players that are now going to benefit from from this new trend that kind of happened midseason. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's one place in which uh, money can really make you focus. You know, of course, with our fantasy football, there's not much money on the line. Right. You know, and and so that's not a big deal for us. But in our trading accounts, yeah, you know what? That money can really make you focus. And this is sometimes where people who are doing paper trading. Um, can actually miss out on something because they're able to apply the rules and everything like that, but they're not getting a true sense of the way the emotional impact can be yes. when you do have money on the line, real money. And paper trading is good. You know, I, I think that that's useful for a lot of people, but you also have to be careful if you 
you know, are kind of in that false setting without the money on the line and without that emotional component, uh, you might find a different story when you start doing real trading. Right. And and now concentration is another, uh, another concept that we always talk about in investing. Uh, you, we, now, we concentrate more than most normal no, yeah. normal kind of systems mm -hmm. out there or, or kind of the traditional uh, mainstream uh, investing that, that you hear about. Yeah, we're, just we're as a point, towards. you know, I mean, like most people would never think to only own 10 stocks. Right. And we're very comfortable doing that. Yes. Mm -hmm. So so you concentrate in that way. But also, uh, we'll concentrate, we might have a little bit more concentration on in one particular industry group. Sure. Now, the one thing you have to be very careful of, though, is don't have too much concentration in industry mm -hmm. group. No more than 20%, 25% in one industry group, because all of a sudden, if you have a major catalyst, like say you have 25% in a semiconductor group, and Intel comes out during right. an earnings report and says, you know what, Our, the whole industry is terrible, yeah. that's going to destroy all of your stocks. So if you had, say, 40% of your portfolio in semiconductor stocks, you're going to really be, you're just going to take a beating at that point. Mm -hmm. I mean, look what happened with the chips, you know, right. the the whole China trade war. Yes. How does that affect the chips? You know, when, you know, if Apple's products are going to be, you know, getting getting tariffs slapped on them and all of these things, how does that trickle down to the suppliers and everything like that? Um, yeah, uh, same, same exact thing. So now, you know, some of that will depend on your comfort level, you know, as you get more I guess experienced and advanced, you know, you might be able to up your concentration because yeah. you kind of know your discipline and know how quickly you can move. Um, but you know, so like for me, you know, sometimes I'll have twenty percent in a single stock, you know, so I can up my industry exposure uh, sometimes. But then you just have to be aware that you do have that extra exposure, and you have to be a little bit quicker if you're recognizing that there is a turn in the industry and not getting like hung up on, oh, but I've made so much money. I mean, computer software. That was a big, a big mover, you know, this right. this year, right. and you have to recognize when those things are turning. And and so li likewise in in football, if you're uh, you don't want to concentrate all on just one team, right? Yeah. You don't want to put take all the players from mm -hmm. the the New England Patriots mm -hmm. because if Tom Brady went down or something for for a while, all of a sudden all those players are going to be affected. Yeah. So same way, make sure about the concentration. Now IPOs. Mm -hmm. Now IPOs, as we we've spoken about IPOs a number of times on uh, dur during uh, the podcast over a number of episodes. Uh, and they're obviously more risky. They're mm -hmm. more volatile. Right. And in many ways, they're kind of like the rookie players who mm -hmm. are coming into football, mm -hmm. where you haven't necessarily seen how they uh, handle the NFL. Right. But you know that, okay, they were pretty good in college, but we don't have enough information just yet mm -hmm. on them. So you have to kind of sometimes take a little bit of a chance on them, but you don't want to invest too much right. in IPOs. And and a lot of times with IPOs, uh, you know, our general rule is we don't trade on the first day. Now, we're always wanting to see some trading history in the same way you'd probably want to see some trading history on a rookie, you know, in, in, in football. You'd want to see, you know, granted you have his college career, and that's almost like, oh, you have the fundamentals and yes. everything like that. You still yes. have the sales and earnings for the company before they came public. You know, they, they provide that as part of the due diligence process. Um, but, you know, there is how are they actually going to trade? You know, what does the what does the market actually value them at? And until you get some of that trading history where you can actually see it, it's, it's really hard to make too big of a bet there. Balancing risk and reward. Now, looking for stocks that so, sometimes a great stock might come, or what you think is a great stock, might come down, give you an opportunity to get into, or mm -hmm. it's building a base. But it might have one too many flaws in it. Maybe maybe it's earnings per share rating is a little right. low, or maybe the, the base is a little too faulty. 
uh, you know, so a lot of times you're going to pay for that. You know, when, when you know, and Bill O'Neill has said this many times, you know, if the stock doesn't work, there's a flaw you missed there, mm -hmm. you know, in your analysis process. Mm -hmm. Same way with, uh, with within football and stuff like that. We had, in, during our fantasy football draft, one, one of the great players, Todd Gurley, fell to us in the second round, but we passed on him mm -hmm. because there was just a little, there's not enough information of whether his knee is healthy or not. So we're mm -hmm. like, okay, let's take something else that has a, a, a little bit less flaws. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll go with someone who's a little bit, quote unquote, safer because we right. have more information on it. So you're, you're kind of balancing that risk reward both in, in stocks, in football, the same kind of way. You want to make sure you have enough information there for you to make a, a a decision you can really uh, you're at a, you can sleep on. Yeah, and in the same way, you know, injuries are something that absolutely affect football a lot, yeah. especially your running backs, which is why that's such a prized, uh, you know, uh, position in in fantasy football. But you know, you have to kind of be able to recognize that in your stocks as well. When your stock gets injured, when mm -hmm. the when the base has flaws, you know, you have to be able to recognize that and say, okay, you know what, it's maybe time for me to part company with it. And it could be your favorite player in the world or favorite stock. You've made so much money on it. But when you start seeing it get injured, you know, and for us, that might be a break of the 10-week line on huge volume, right. something like that. Okay, that's that's an injury. That's like that's like a tear, you know, or that, that, that's that's something that's going to take some time to recover from. Yeah. And then you have the things where it's, you know, a little bit more serious and, you know, that you might just have to completely get out. So there are the times where, you know, it's not always an all or nothing where, you know, we have the benefit of putting something on our bench. You also, with your stocks, have the opportunity to, like, maybe just trim a little bit. You know, you don't have to sell everything. Right. And then if it works out, hey, you know, you can... You know, you can build it back up as it bases or breaks out again. Um, but then some stocks, hey, you just want to toss it and get something new. Yep. And and a lot of times, and the the analogy that we use for investing is, when when they get hit hard, you ask yourself the question: is is it a sprain or or is it a broken leg? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that gives you an idea of how long the stock could take before it's back into new highs, right? Mm -hmm. how, how, how much longer do I have to type my money right. in this stock? And, and if it's obviously if it's broken, maybe you take your money out, go to a new stock. Mm -hmm. um, okay, and then one more concept here that we're gonna talk about. Uh, a few stocks make most of the gains. Yeah. So now we'll, we'll talk about first our fantasy football experience from last year. Mm -hmm. We drafted really well. Mm -hmm. We ended up with Patrick Mahomes, who turned out to be the the best player in football. And I can't remember what round we got. We got him like the eleventh round. Yeah, it right. Was, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So so we, we we ended up with a couple really really good players. Mm -hmm. And in the end, it was those few players who really carried us. Uh, you know, and we we ended up doing really well in the season just because of those few players. Mm -hmm. Likewise, the same way with the way we invest in stocks, it's always a few stocks if you manage them well. Right. They're the ones that are going to make the difference. Everything else will just kind of even out with the, the small losses and, and uh, cutting losses really quickly. And then sometimes, you know, those small gains because they're not working out. And, and just to share a study that I've done, you know, on the IBD 50, uh, looking back, going back to 2003, uh, April 2003 for the IBD 50, it's about 10% of the stocks, uh, maybe 10 or 11% of the stocks that you can basically point to almost all of the outperformance for the S&P 5 uh, against the S&P 500 are attributable to 10% or sometimes less, you know, in terms of um, like in 2009, it was like Priceline, it was CMG, it was, uh, you know, it, there right, was just Baidu. A, Baidu. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They just, you know, they stayed on the list. They got on early. They stayed on. And that is what really drove the, the, 
the big gains for for those index a lot of our indexes um you know and just for the record uh last year you know we we, we had mahomes of course um our other big player was connor right. who we actually picked up off the waiver wire because our first our, our number one draft pick right. that we had was Le'Veon bell who, did, and, who decided not to play the whole year and, you know so here here was a stock that we had to just basically cut and say, okay, what are we going to replace it with? And we just so happened to do a trade where we um, replaced them with some pretty, pretty good Wait, players. So someone else who could take the business, right? Mm -hmm. If the one company went out of business, here's mm -hmm. another company came in and took that market share away. Same, right. same thing. We just found the player who mm -hmm. was going to benefit yeah. off of that. Mm -hmm. uh, so understanding how to narrow down your choices to the best stocks or the best players, it, it's going to help you score points in whatever game you're playing. Mm -hmm. Coming up next, we will discuss a number of stocks that are set to benefit from the football season and could be setting up on our stock charts. We'll be back. Want to find stocks like the ones on this podcast? A lot of the best names we talk about come from IBD's exclusive stock lists, like the IBD 50 and the Big Cap 20. Whatever type of investor you are, we got a list for you. You can access every one of IBD's lists, plus stock ratings, exclusive analysis, and one-on-one -on -one coaching with a membership to IBD Digital. It costs less than a dollar a day, but for podcast listeners, we're offering an even better price. Go to Investors.com slash podcast offer right now and get your first two months for only $20. We are back with Justin Nielsen. So, Justin, let's talk about some current stocks that are benefiting from the big business of football. Yeah. Now, the first one on our list is Microsoft, and this is a really cool. This is a really cool one because Microsoft made a deal with the NFL a few years ago, and now back in like 2013 or something what, like that. Was it that long? I, ago? Yeah, it was. Uh, it, I, I was I was reading about this because I was trying to like remember. The chronology and, and sometimes yeah. it's really easy to kind of you know it all blends together it like does. how long ago was well, that apparently yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean you know the the iphone just you know that came out in 2007 yeah you know, i feel like didn't we always have iphones you know um, <laughs> the ipad you know came out a few years like after that. Yeah, yeah exactly and so and the, the surface there, you know yeah. the surface was kind of the the microsoft surface was kind of their answer to it and um that nfl deal really kind of got a lot of publicity for you know because you look at the sidelines and they're carrying surface you know microsoft surface tablets all the time yeah you know? yeah and all the coaches mm -hmm. are carrying it and it says surface on it right when you look at the uh, all the you know just the commentators they all have the surface tablets mm -hmm. it, it says uh, and also uh it wasn't just with the surface tablets microsoft made a deal with the nfl on the xbox and mm -hmm. and their exclusive kind of footage that you can get through for the nfl through that, mm -hmm. and and so this was really one of those uh, things that Microsoft's tried to do to start to appeal to uh, to to a larger audience at least, or to the NFL audience, mm -hmm. where they said, hey, you can you know, take buy the Xbox, you can get all this exclusive stuff, help manage your fantasy football team better because right. we're getting all these stats on it. Uh, so it was a way to try to appeal to to this very very specific audience here. Now. On the chart, you know, this was, you mentioned 2013. Now, 2013 was around the time where they had a change in CEO. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's when the whole culture kind of changed there, mm -hmm. too. Right? Mm -hmm. They were more software, uh, software culture at that point. They kind of expanded, right? They started coming out with the Surface, the hardware, mm -hmm. and really branching into more kind of uh, consumer devices, too, to start competing with Apple. Mm -hmm. And really, over that time, 
during that time, they've, they've outperformed Apple. Yeah, it's, it's really incredible because if you look at a, a long-term Microsoft chart, of course they had the phenomenal run in the 90s, and then they topped in 2000 along with Mostech, and it was really about 13 years, you know, that right around 2013 is where they finally kind of got back to their old highs that they made in 2000, and that was really when things really started turning around for Microsoft, and as you, as you mentioned, they've been a big outperformer since. Yeah, and, and so much like when you can get a new coach that comes in can change the whole football team around, uh, same thing here. They got a new CEO who changed the whole co- amazingly changed the whole culture around because Microsoft is such a large company. Yeah. But he's pulled it off. It's, it's been pretty remarkable. And Microsoft's been in this great, great uptrend for a while, uh, and it's forming a flat base right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's res- yeah, when you look at the Microsoft chart, Microsoft saying what. We're we're going through an uptrend under pressure. What right. uptrend? What under pressure? Yeah. So yeah. Microsoft is only two percent off of its high right now. It's yeah. fifty-two week high. It's barely corrected at all. It's maintaining itself pretty much above the fifty-day moving average. So whereas the market is having trouble getting back above its fifty-day moving average, Microsoft is pretty much remaining above it. It'll test it. It'll go down a little bit, but then it comes right back. So it's it's really again showing a lot of resilience and you see that with the relative strength rating. You know, that relative strength rating is is very high and the relative strength line has been pretty high lately as well. Yeah, and, and so the the pivot point for uh, Microsoft with this flat base is 141.68. So it's definitely one to keep an eye on. I do own shares of this stock. And, and so and you'd I, add 10 cents to that. And you would add right, 10 cents yeah, to that. So 141.78 would, mm-hmm. would, would be the, the buy point. And the, the reason why I've kind of favored Microsoft over all the other larger tech stocks on the chart. Mm-hmm. It, has, it hasn't really corrected that much mm-hmm. um, versus all these other large cap te- tech stocks. They've been building these huge, huge bases. They haven't really participated in, the, in this uptrend during 2019. Yeah, and uh, just to kind of bring it back down to the ratings, and this is, a, again, you know, one of the things we look at with fantasy football, we're always looking at the stats and everything like that. The composite rating for Microsoft is 97. Yeah. So this is, oh. um, you know, I, I like to kind of look at the ones that are 95 and higher, those that's where the leaders tend to be, and this is obviously one of the leaders. Now, we always make the um, kind of caveat that it's not just the brand name recognition that makes a leader, it's the earnings growth and yes. the sales growth. Yep. Microsoft just happens to have both. You know, They are an earnings leader, they are a relative strength leader, and they have huge brand recognition. Perfect. Now let's go into the, the second stock here, and really the next two or maybe three stocks that, that we go over, they are all alcohol related. The mm-hmm. first one is Diageo, ticker symbol D-E-O. And uh, now the, these guys have quite a number of brands here. Uh, Guinness, mm-hmm. Johnny Walker, Crown Royale, uh, Bailey's, Smirnoff, Captain Morgan. Captain Morgan yeah. and Don Julio. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that one. Yes, uh-huh. Don, Don Julio, which which uh, that was one of the, the the things that we tasted this weekend. Right. Exactly. Draft. And and you know, again, Arusha, you showed such restraint. It was it was <laughs> it was very good. <laughs> but uh, but this is this is one out of uh, the the beverages. Mm-hmm. These guys have just recently built a cup 
it recently let's see here let me go the the daily chart so of course you have your beer today you know you, yeah. you have your beer or, or like maybe that, you're or, or maybe you're high high grade tequila like don julio <laughs> well I, I was gonna about. say if you're you know not doing the carbs if you're kind of you know trying to stay away from that if uh you know you're, you got the keto plan going <laughs> and you need to stay away from uh you know the, the the high carb beers and stuff like that then uh yeah you can you can switch to uh deo for for your for your choices <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they they formed a cup they just broke out today out, out of this cup uh, past the 176.07 pivot. Mm -hmm. So they didn't really, I guess, oh, it actually did. It got, one, the buy point was what would be 176.17. So it reached a high of 176.22 today. Yeah. Volume was 65% uh, above average, yeah. so not bad. Absolutely. Uh, on, and uh, they had, and they're also, previously, they had a really nice strong uptrend before. So something's going on with, with this stock right now, and it's a, appealing to uh, Wall Street. Their, their earnings and sales aren't necessarily great or impressive, mm -hmm. right? But it is in the beverage industry. So you kind of have to keep that in, in, uh, into context too. But, uh, but when you look through the beverage industry, when you're looking for ideas right now, these guys were probably the, one of the better performing ones. Well, there, and, right? and ju just kind of scanning through the list, uh, the, the chart really jumped out at me. Yeah. You know, it was the setup that really jumped out at me on this one. But, you know, that group has been moving up. And, you know, right now it's number 19 out of 197, you know, industry groups. So, again, beverages, alcoholic, just, you know, there's a lot of these names that just keep on yeah. coming up on my screens. I don't know if that's a good thing for the overall market or not if the beverages <laughs> right. start start moving up because that can be a defensive yeah. industry. And also but maybe it could be a play that, hey, maybe uh, things are going to get worse and people are going to be drinking a lot more. Right, right, yeah. But, I mean, it kind of makes sense right now that there is a little bit more of a defensive kind of – you're seeing some of the more defensive plays do a little bit better right now. Yeah. Um, but, again, we'll see if this holds. Uh, right now this is, you know, even disregarding what type of industry it is, the chart still looks pretty good. It you know, does. It, it's, it's a nice base, and uh, again, it's it's showing pretty good relative strength. Our third stock is Constellation Brands, ticker symbol STZ, and now uh, this is another large beverage uh, company here, and they have more than 100 brands in their portfolio, and a few that you might recognize, Corona, Pacifico, and Robert Mondavi, mm -hmm. the, the wine. So. Uh, there's another company that's obviously well positioned to do to benefit from the football season and, mm -hmm. and many people uh, going to bars to watch the games. Mm -hmm. And of course, keep in mind, you know, football season happens at the same time every year. And with earnings, you know, that seasonality is taken into account. You know, so, of course, you know, I, I don't want people to think, oh, don't you know how earnings are done? Yeah, we know that it's going to be compared <laughs> to the same football season, same way toy companies or, you know, Christmas is compared to Christmas of the last uh, the last year. But, you know, again, what we're really kind of pointing out here is the strength of the industry, as well as, you know, these are stocks that have, you know, pretty good sales. Um, you know, there, there was a there was some negative uh, or, or slowing growth uh, for for stars, uh, you know, the last quarter or two. Um, so it's it's not phenomenal in that regard. Um, but, you know, it's it's still one of those that's been holding up well. And, you know, on on these types of stocks, you kind of have to understand what is the industry group typically doing? You know, so this is not one like tech where you see the earnings growth of 20% and more, right. this is right. tends to be a little bit more muted, you know, like with a lot of your big big box retail stores as well, where the margins are a little bit thinner and, you know, they're trying to do it on volume. Yeah, and, and they just emerged out of a couple with handle this week. And so, so something to keep, keep an eye on, RS ratings in 84, 
Uh, it's going to be obviously a little bit slower mover, but as Justin mentioned, it's uh, it's it's been starting starting to look a little bit more appealing mm -hmm. versus a lot of the other stocks in the in the market. And you know, just uh, you know, one more that's we should mention because it's strong is yeah. is Boston Beer Company. Uh, they're the maker of Samuel Adams, of yeah, course. Yeah, so ticker symbol S A M. S A M. And uh, you know, this one it's it's not in position really. You know, it, it broke out of a base. In fact, it got twenty percent from its last base. So that might be a place where you are taking profits. If you're right. getting twenty percent in this market, hey, you know, be happy and you know take take those profits. Or in this case, we we do see it pulling back to the fifty-day moving average line. Um, you know. I don't know that I'd be wanting to initiate, you know, off a 50-day moving average line here on something that's been up so much. But it's, um, you know, it's again one of the stronger-looking stocks out there, and uh, the relative strength of 95 and uh, composite rating of 96. And one more stock, Wingstop, mm -hmm. W-I-N-G. And now Wingstop, out of all of them, have the, the these guys have consistently been coming through. Are our screens IBD fifty the growth two fifty uh, for a couple of years now? Yeah, right. Yeah. And this is a recent IPO. This is yes. the IPO was back in two thousand fifteen. Um, so it it kind of you know and and again this is one where it went down significantly, lost you know almost almost half of its value you know very quickly. But then it formed a nice base, base after base after base as it kind of built its its you know kind of trading history right and then right. really in 2017 is when this started really kind of coming alive and looking very strong and it really hasn't stopped since so it's it's, it's essentially it was like a, a a player in the in the nfl who's been there for two to three years right and now they're really starting to hit their stride because mm -hmm. they got used to the speed and mm -hmm. know how to play and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff or maybe hey they just they just got to be the starter now <laughs> <laughs> that's true too <laughs> right. that's true and it has been really since it since it really got going back in late 2017 this stock has been a rocket ship it's, it's been a, a dramatic outperformer and they're they're doing something that you know you see in a lot of industries. They're starting to build a brand name in one specific industry mm -hmm. in the chicken wing mm -hmm. business, right? And they're consolidating it, mm -hmm. right? Before you have all these uh, chicken wing stores out there. Now you start thinking, oh, I want chicken wings. Oh, Wingstop, right? right. Is that that brand recognition? Is, is there, and they're definitely benefiting uh, from it. And Wall Street's rewarding the stock. Mm -hmm. Now the stock is extended yeah. uh, at this point. Uh, it, Another one that's kind of pulling back to the 50-day moving yes. average. Looks like it got some support there. Um, not much volume on the bounce today uh, on, on Wednesday, but yeah, we'll we'll see if it can you know maintain itself above the 50-day moving average. And this is one that has been doing that. You know, these these are the greatest stocks to have when they just maintain themselves above the 50-day moving average because you can just kind of hold them and you know almost forget about them. You know, th this is your this is your football player that just performs Your week after week player, after week right. and you know just keeps on putting points up on the board and you don't have to worry about injuries and stuff because yep. they're just they just keep on going and, and they'll carry your portfolio to a championship exactly <laughs> so there are a number of companies uh, that benefit from football so you definitely want to take a look at them and consider adding them to your watch list and you know hopping on them when they actually give you the opportunity to do so thanks Justin for being here today yeah it was a lot of fun that's it for this week on Investing with IBD. Coming up next week, we will have Evan Harvey, the Global Head of Sustainability at NASDAQ. We're going to talk about the evolution of environmental, social, and governance reporting and why you want to consider including the ESG ratings into your stock analysis. And so that's it. I'm Arusha Paris, and thanks for listening. And for this week's Nilton Charts, make sure to go to Investors.com podcast 
where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. And make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.